2: It's time to take a trip around the college football universe with Isaac and Sue. I would like to know things. This is the college football jambaroo, part of primetime with Isaac and Sue on 1080. He
3: is a five-star
2: douche What? What? The fan.
4: So much has happened in the world of college football since last I joined these fine airwaves. I don't even know where to start. I mean, I guess we can. the college football playoffs so far has been bananas. I mean, just the... I mean, the New Year Six bowls in general were fantastic. I mean, barring you're a USC fan, which I still can't figure out how USC managed to blow that game to Tulane of all people. Who's
5: their defensive coordinator? Uh, Alex Grinch. Alex Grinch. You know what? That's how.
4: <laughs> how the Grinch stole USC's Christmas. Boy, Grinch went from like this this super hot commodity at Washington State ends up at Ohio State. Then Oklahoma and now USC and boy, if the shine hasn't come off Alex Grinch a little bit, I don't know what. But they owe Caleb Williams an apology because you couldn't play much better than, than Caleb Williams, and their defense was an absolute sieve and special teams. You know, in, in that game, they had no business losing to Tulane, and yet here we are talking about USC gacking themselves at the at the uh, in their bowl game. Two huge things: Lincoln Riley
5: is one of the anti-special teams <laughs> coordinator coaches. <laughs> He, he he gonna need to fix that. No, uh, and and the second thing is, if you're rooting for USC to fail, as I imagine many of our listeners are, sure, there is no better scenario, none zero, than them losing that way, because if they get blown out by Tulane, USC's like, eh, we didn't care, yeah, we, we didn't had some care. guys checked out. The fact that their offense was unbelievable, and then the defense just sucked. Every Pac 12 school and now Big Ten school yeah. that recruits against them could be like, they do not care about defense. They will not coach you. They will not develop you. They care about offense. That's all that staff has. And they hope they have a defense that can hang on and win when they score 50. Don't go to that school. And that's the recipe. And you can say, like, oh, no long term damage. Who cares? It's too late. I do think if you were road mapping, The way that the Big Ten and Pac-12 would want a game to go, they'd pick that over fifty to nothing. Because again, fifty to nothing, they're checked out. This is who USC is. Do not commit to this school on defense because you are wasting your time and spinning your wheels. I think it's great for the Pac-12 Big Ten that's rooting against USC.
4: If they get any semblance of a defense, it's they're done. USC is USC is terrifying. Oh, top five every year, no question. Yes, the question is, can they? Is it a scheme? Is it a body thing? It's Grinch and a lack of bodies
5: so far. But they'll fix it because they've already gotten a bunch of guys in the portal. Yeah. And they've got the funds to do it because it's an NIL battle now, and
4: L.A. got money. Yes. USC, I remember we were doing the show together when Lincoln Riley made his announcement that he was coming to USC, and I remember Duck fan and Husky fan and Beaver fan, and, oh, it's not going to be that big a deal, and, oh, it's USC, and, oh, Lincoln Riley can't win the big one. And I know that, that USC didn't win the big one this year, right? Fell on their face against Utah in the Pac-Twelve title game. Fell on their face in the last what four well, they gave up sixteen points in the last four minutes and sixteen seconds and, and lost you know, <laughs> lost their lost their bowl game. But it doesn't change the fact that in year one, a team that won four games the year before, that Lincoln Riley had them basically half away from playing in the college football playoff, he won a Heisman trophy and the, and, and by the way, the Heisman trophy winner is going to come back. So if you thought that USC was going to be a bit of hype and it wasn't going to make a major impact in the Pac-12 rankings, you're fooling yourself because that's year one. I got some, like, because I I was big
5: on Lincoln-Riley totally changes the Pac-12. It's yeah. trouble time for the rest of the conference. It will be trouble time for the Oh, Big I remember 10. people bashing and, and I got people just like, ha, "You're an idiot." And yeah. even throughout this year, like, "You're a moron." In year 1, they went from not being a bowl team to having a Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah. Do you know how much having a Heisman Trophy winner helps in recruiting? And now they can recruit the Big 10, Big 10 country, and California. Yeah. They're going to start smoking people as long as they Harrod a special teams coordinator and uh, and fix things along the defense. They're going to be really, really good. You do not want a truly good coach. Like It's just like with Oregon. And people can say, well, Chip Kelly never has a great defensive defense coordinator. And guess what? He didn't. At the same time, no one in Chip's heyday would have been excited if Chip would have gone to Notre Dame or Florida that had to play those teams. They'd have been like, oh, crap. They're at least going to be pretty damn good on offense. And that is terrifying. Yeah. Except... He's going to be able, to in the portal, to patch things up on defense quicker than you could in the Chip Kelly. Years. So
4: that was the bad when we talk about the—well, the other one was was Utah got shillelied in the, in the Rose Bowl. And I, I fell for Utah. I like Utah. Even though I'm a BYU guy, I really like Kyle Woody. Excuse me. What? UCLA Bruins, <laughs> can we please— can we just take
5: a dump on Los Angeles, please? The floor is ours to do so. This is the Pacific Northwest. We are the Pac-10. Stand up. The two teams that absolutely blew it—that yes. you're like, oh my god, what are you guys doing? They're, well, that's the Big Ten. It's the Big Ten. It's the Big Ten. Issue.
4: Ah, that's a problem for the Big Ten. I felt for for Utah. You know, rising. You're kind of a Utah guy, which is weird because you went to BYU. I just, I really like Kyle Whittingham. I and, do too. And Whittingham reminds me, like. Whittingham's the guy that I want to play for. Like, if I were coming—people ask me that a lot. Like, if I was coming out today, like, where would I go play? Wow. I would go play for Kyle Whittingham. Now, I would have said Oregon State. You got Jonathan Smith, and Mahalczyk is an
5: unbelievable O-line coach with not unreal athletic talent, which is what you were, to be
4: be fair. Yes, and I like Jonathan Smith. There's just—Kyle Whittingham is kind of a man's man. I got a little bit of a crush— On Kyle Whittingham. You do shots with
5: Whittingham, you probably wouldn't see yourself doing shots with Coach Smith.
4: Yes. Okay, fair enough. Like, I I just, I like everything that Kyle Whittingham brings to the table, and I like that he built that program from a a power in the Mountain West to a power in the Pac-12, and I was hoping that they were going to get over the hump, and I felt bad for Cam Rising for the second year in a row. He gets hurt, and I don't know how much of that would have made a difference. They just couldn't protect. Penn State just... Up front, Utah was no match along the offensive line for for Penn State. But on the plus side for the Pac twelve, right, so we got the negative. Uh UCLA and USC suck. Welcome to the Big Ten. That's their problem. Uh the Rose Bowl doesn't go the way, but for Oregon and Oregon State, that's a hell of a bowl season. And Washington. And Washington. Beating Texas. Yes. That's a that's, that's a big a, that's win. That's a nice In win. In fact,
5: you could argue of the just headline wins. An Oregon State's ten win season. I hope we get to it because that's yes. the biggest story I think in the Pac-12, other than USC. Yeah. But if we're just looking for banner wins, Texas is kind of quietly acting like like we're not back back, but like Arch is coming and we had Bijan and we're gonna we're about to kick everyone's ass. And and the truth is, uh, Washington with Michael Penix coming back, oh. we'll see your Bijan and raise you a
4: Penix coming back. Uh, Washington's win was huge. That was that was a nice win and. You said, will we get to it? Yes. When we come back, we're up against it. When we come back, I will talk about Oregon. We're going to talk about Oregon State. And I want to talk about the Pac-12 quarterbacks looking ahead to next year. Because not only did we get Penix back, we got Bo Nix back officially. We got Caleb Williams coming back. Oh, and by the way, there's a new kid down in Corvallis that we'll talk about when we come back. You got primetime right here on 1080. The-
0: okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend
2: today.
5: You are right over there? I'm working it. It took you like seven attempts to press the on button on your mic.
4: It's been a break, hasn't it? Has been a bit. <laughs> I was. I think my last day was like December like sixteenth. Really it my, that far? Yeah. Well, t- I t- I usually take the last two weeks, mm. but you throw in you know some holidays and bowl games, and then you know. Yeah, yeah, I got so, you. So I, yeah, I think my last day was the sixteenth, and so yes, it does feel a little. Uh, it feels a, a little rusty. I, I told you, coming coming back today, I did not have. We changed the keys in the building, so I had no way into the building. I had to call Buck to let me in. And I forgot uh, the password to open my computer, and I forgot the password to log into my email, like my company-wide like, system. So, yes, it's. Uh, I think a lot of us have this. When you come back after, like, nothing got done over the last week. There's not a single productive person in this country over the last week. And, yeah, you come back, and it's a little, you know, it's a, it, can, it, can be a, it can be a bumpy road. Fair enough. Yeah. A lot of things were consumed over the holidays. You know, it's, you let yourself go a bit. We are talking a little Pac-12 football, and I do want to mention the Beavs. We get a lot of uh we get a lot of B fans on here that always yell and, and complain. Your beeves My beaves. Your beaves. My beaves. I was high. I said this was a potential nine-win team. You were hot. I was hot. I was hot. Oh, hot. I thought you said high. <laughs> no. I was high. No, I was hot on well, I was. But I was hot on the beeves this year. I said, this is a bowl team. And I said, I thought this could get to a nine-win team. And they got to a 10-win. They got to a 10-win season. It's an
5: unbelievable year.
4: And that was with, you could make the argument, as bad a quarterback play as you're going to find in a in a strong bowl season.
5: It th- might have been the worst quarterback play of any double-digit win. Yes. What, let's check Iowa's
4: record before it, it, we... <laughs> well, no, they didn't end up double digits. Okay. I, I think they ended up with, with eight or nine wins. They won their bowl game, by the way, 21-7 with two defensive touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's who they are. That's a whole different animal. But the Beavs had a hell of a year. And so you look at what, what Oregon State has coming back, and certainly they lose some guys, they lose Coletto, they lose Musgrave, they lose some stuff along the line. But, you know, you bring back arguably the, the most talented running back in, in the country and Damian Martinez, who was the freshman of the year, first-team All-Pac-12, and you look at what they've built there, and they're recruiting a little bit better. They've got a, a, a quarterback playing in the All-American game. Yep. I mean, when's the last time we're watching the, the Under Armour All-American game When's the last time you heard Under Armour All-American game in Oregon State in the same set? Well, I still haven't because he's in the (laughs) All-American Bowl, which is the other
5: one. The other one. They're equal at this point. They really are. They're both on national TV. Um, It's been a while. It's been about six or seven years since they got a commitment, and I believe that commitment ended up signing somewhere else. I think he ended up signing with, like, Nebraska or something. So it's been a while, and it's been a kid that they targeted early when he was, like, a three-star kid and a high three-star. And now he's up to, like, the number 11 quarterback in the country. The first day of the All-American Bowl practices were today, and multiple national guys tweeted out about how good he looks. Now, he's raw mechanically, big time, but a phenomenal athlete. And you give him a couple years in that system, he can flourish. Now, he needs a couple years, so what's your stopgap? Well, it's DJ Uyunglele, (laughs) who, from a name recognition standpoint, even though we can't say it, just DJ U. Yeah. That might be the biggest recruiting win for Oregon State ever. And you can say, well, he's not a great quarterback. I don't care. The upgrade from what they had this year to him, there will be no bigger single jump in the Pac-12, even if he's functional. Because he's got a chance to still be a third, fourth-round pick, and Oregon State's got a great defense. They're going to be good next year, and there is a view towards sustainable success in an era that's all about instability somehow coach smith has built something stable where you have a future at quarterback you understand who they are on defense i thought the trent bray hire uh, promotion might be a do or die situation for them it was either going to make him or break him and we talked about the 49ers defense during the break they hunt people oregon state doesn't have that type of personnel they do have that mentality they're not elite dominant, but they do hunt you, and they're not afraid of you, and that's huge. You got that on defense. Quarterback situation looks good. A great running back. A great old line coach. I
4: really like the future for the Beavs. Yeah, I just when when I heard that that DJU was was coming that way, and I will I will say that I think at times some of that, how would you say some of it has just been a, a bit much because he was such a big name coming out of high school. Supposedly the number one overall player in that class. And he, it didn't work out at Clemson. So I think the idea that you're getting Caleb Williams, no. But right. to your point, you still have a 6'5", 235-pound beast that at the at the, at the bare minimum, just his athletic ability and, and the ability in the, in the run game is going to improve Oregon State's offense. So while I stop short of saying that some people think, well, this makes Oregon State the favorite in the Pac-12, I say no to that. But I do think right. it sets, like I thought it was a very, you said it, it sets it up for a sustainable um, a sustainable path of success for Oregon State. you got a young quarterback and Childs coming in behind that can grow and learn for a year. You've got an established guy that's played in big games. you got a lot of returning guys. You've built a nice culture there. Your staff is together. I think if you're Oregon State, I don't want to get Oregon State fan in this notion where it's ten wins or bust. No, but I do think that if you're Oregon State now, the expectation every year is bowl game and competing in the Pac-12 North. Here's the thing: I'll give you for the next three years
5: seven point five over under. If you're an Oregon State fan, you, I'll give you I'll give you seven going into a bowl every year. If you're an Oregon State fan, I wouldn't take that. No. I'd rather, I'd rather roll, the roll the dice and see because I think I'm going
4: to have a year where I win 9 or 10 again yes. because I've got a path. You are going to be in a lot of those. And you look at some of the games they played, like with the, the USC game, right, that didn't quite go your way. But then you look at the Fresno State game that, that, that did. Like you're going to get in these games. I just feel like Oregon State is – there are not many games – where Oregon state is going to be completely outclassed. Oh, I agree. I think you've just built a, I I think what you're building there in Corvallis reminds me a little bit of what Kyle Whittingham built at Utah. You went through some growing pains. You kind of grew and developed. You're not getting the five-star kids. And, but as the program got better and you had more success, you've attracted some better players. And it was always like, can we find a quarterback? Can we find a quarterback? Well, it appears like you may have your quarterback for the next year and maybe your quarterback for the future coming into this class. And
5: I'll say this, too. It, it, I've been a big proponent of this. We've talked off the air. I know you've agreed at times, so I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. But I know I've thought since Coach Smith has been the head coach at Oregon State, they have better X's and O's coaches than Oregon. I agree. Oregon's better. Oregon has better recruiters, yes. even during the crystal ball era. Yeah. But from a pure, I want a scheme, I want a halftime adjustment, I want you to take some chances if you're the underdog, I think Coach Smith and his staff coach their players so far since the crystal ball era better than Oregon has. Now, that may change with Lanning, and we'll see with Coach Stein, and we'll see yeah. with Coach Lepoy in year two.
4: But as of right now, from a pure coaching standpoint... Give me Oregon State staff over Oregon. And and the other big one, too, I think if you're Oregon State looking at, at this season going ahead, is you manage to keep Martinez and your guys in, in the fold. It, and, you know. and by the way, I just tweeted, because I know it's true. I know how this
5: works. Teams reach out. Yes, And I wasn't saying he was going to leave. In fact, I talked to him. But I I had tweeted, um, teams are going to come at Damian Martinez. And Oregon State fans got crazy, and he t- he tagged it and quote tweeted it and said, I'm not going anywhere. I wasn't saying he was leaving. Yeah. I said teams are going to try. After. And by the way, I'm 100% certain they did try. <laughs> yes. He's just set on Oregon State. I'm, I'm good. And that's the kind of thing that Coach yes. Smith, that's the kind of culture that Coach Smith has built. And he deserves a tremendous amount of credit for that. And he, ha- he had a vision for Oregon State, even when I was critical of their recruiting two and three years ago. They didn't always recruit the best guys, but he did bring in his guys. And he deserves more credit than I've given him over the years. And he's got a sustainable winning program, it looks like, going forward in Corvallis. And we could not say that this last decade for, no. for the teams.
4: And, and you look at next year in the Pac-12, and this is why I said, I just you know, you don't count anyone's chickens, whether that's Oregon State, whether it's Oregon. You look at, at next it's year, true. you look at, at I thought Washington State had a nice year, right? I thought Cam Ward was a bit disappointing. The defense played above their skis a little bit. But their coaching staff kind of got rated this offseason, which is, the challenge when you're at Oregon State, Washington State, can you just, when you build something that's successful, can you keep your guys there? Washington State hasn't been able to. Right. So far, Oregon State has. So fingers crossed. But I don't know about Pullman next year with the coaching staff, but Washington's going to be really good. Washington is going nowhere. Oregon State is going to be really good. Oregon gets Bo Nix coming back. Huge. Huge deal for and Oregon. And they a really good portal team.
5: Yes. Bo Nix was a Dark Horse Heisman candidate. Christian Gonzalez came in and is supposed to be a first-round pick.
4: Bucky Irving.
5: They had two great transfer
4: running backs. Um, they know how to add talent that fits their system. And if they get some guys on the defensive side of the ball to go with that offense, Oregon's scary good. USC goes from a four-win team to a team that was one-half away from playing for a college football playoff. USC, Utah, Utah's, U- Utah's going to be better. Utah's going to be better. It is. Go- this year was the best year I think for the Pac twelve as a whole, maybe in the fifteen years that I've been covering it, and I think next year has a chance to be even better for the Pac twelve. I think in general, throughout the history
5: of the league, as quarterback play goes, the Pac twelve goes. When when you know Washington had Marquis Sopo, USC had their run of Matt Leiner yeah. and Carson Palmer, Oregon had Joey Harrington and some of those guys. Oregon had a run from like Danny O'Neill in the nineties on. Uh, where they were great for about 25 years. Oregon State had a few great years and they supplemented with great running backs like Steven Jackson, Ken Simonton. But as good quarterback play goes, Drew Bledsoe at Washington State, Washington State in well, the Leech yeah, era had, had, had a number of well, good players. guys everything from Jason Gesser and, you know, they, they had some they had Look, some guys that came As quarterback more. play goes, the Pac 12 tends to go. It's just the way it goes. In the SEC, you can dominate from the trenches and, and win big. In the Pac twelve, you've got to win big historically with great quarterback play. And there's great quarterback play throughout
4: the league. That's a great thing for this conference. Well, and and next year too, remember, when when we get to the expanded college football playoff, better access. You know, you're you're going to see some years when when we finally get done with this version of it and we expand, you're going to get up you're going to get a place at the table every year in the Pac twelve. Even after USC and and and, and UCLA leave. This is going to open the door to some Utahs or a year with Oregon State and and Oregon and and maybe some other teams getting a crack at this that you've never gotten before.
5: And I never, ever again in my entire life want to hear anyone say that a 12-team playoff is going to water things down too much. One, you can get beat any time. And we've seen some of that in this college football playoff. Two, these games have been incredible. When 8 plays 11... It's been great. When 12 plays 7, those have been phenomenal games. The top four teams get buys. I guarantee you if you ask TCU or Michigan or... You know, Alabama, who isn't a top four team. Would you rather have a bye before you play a top 12 team? Or would you rather play one of these top 12 teams that we've seen is now pretty lively? Everyone's going to want to buy. And these games have been fantastic. You think that's not going to carry over into a 12 team playoff when, by the way, you win a bowl game, but also your prizes, you move on and have a chance at a national title? It's going to
4: be epic. I cannot wait. Cannot wait for the expanded playoff. And you are so right that it has been a great, it's been a great bowl season. The college Ball playoffs have been absolutely bananas, and I hope. Smart. Are my final kind of parting thought here? I, I hope and I pray that TCU doesn't get blown out. You know we, you know, going into this game against Michigan, TCU Michigan, there was this idea that we've seen TCU before. That was called Michigan State, right? We or Cincinnati. We've seen teams that or Washington when they were or the Washington. Form. We we see the teams that we don't really think belong athletically cute season yes yeah. and, and 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 that's really been backed up by the result and so for tcu to go out and not just beat michigan but handle michigan and i know that ended up being close at the end but they handled michigan handled them they were the better football team they were the more physical football not team. a debate yep i want to believe that tcu can do it but this is the problem is the, is, the, is the little guy when you have to do it week after week after week are you going to finally run into the buzzsaw that is Georgia I hope TCU can find a way to get it out what would it be a great well, here's way the thing, to let catapult, him have a chance let him have a chance but how great would it be to have this kind of catapult you into the new era of the 12 team playoff with TCU kind of given the the belief that anyone can do it you can go from being a non-bowl team you can go from getting your coach fired to winning a national title doesn't happen very often and to do it against that Georgia team Against the defending national champs, that would be freaking phenomenal to see them do it. That being said, I'm gonna go ahead and bet on Kirby Smart and the Georgia Bulldogs. With their NFL tight <laughs> end room of four for You gonna lay the points?
3: Thirteen and a half.
4: Now I, I will say this. I, I will I will lay the points. Did you know that this is the the largest spread in the the, the basically the, the the uh BCS or college football playoff era? This is the largest spread in a national title game. The other two biggest spreads, both of the upsets beat them. It was when Oklahoma beat Florida State, and the other one was, it might have been when Ohio State beat Miami, uh, when Miami was the defending national champs and they were the juggernauts. So just to get the other teams that had these, you know, 12, 12 and a half point spreads, the underdog beat them. So, yeah, maybe take TCU in the points, but I'm not betting against. Georgia Georgia will win their second straight the lively redhead over Georgia I love it <laughs> I do love too. did anyone catch Kirby Smart doing the no one believed in us did anyone see that besides me I missed that what sort of Johnny horse s was that Kirby Smart in his postgame like little interview on the field Went down the road of no one believed in
3: us all year. What? See, I I caught the one where basically he was asked what was going through your mind on that field goal that was just completely shanked, and he started giving credit to how hard that special teams unit practices and blah blah blah. It's like Kirby; they didn't do anything. The guy just yeah, the pulled guy just it.
4: Just shanked it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was as bad as you could miss. And by the way, that kicker had been automatic for Iowa State like all year. Then it was from fifty, but it was like me out there kicking. But he literally did the LeBron James. I'm just a kid from Akron. No one expected me to be. You were on the cover of Sports Illustrated at 16. No one (laughs) believed in you. You were the number two team in the country all year. And then the number one team. And you're the defending national champs. We're saying you're the new Alabama, but no one believed in you. There's nothing I hate more in sports right now than the no one believed in me. You can say that if you're TCU. Sonny Dykes can come out and say that no one believed in us. But you don't get to be Alabama or Georgia
3: and say that no one believed it. Do you think he's saying that because he himself believes it, or do you think he's just saying that because he's been telling his team that is a way to get him motivated? I, th- I
5: think it's just lip service. I think he's a coach, yes. and he doesn't want to say what he really thinks, so he says that. I think the other one, and I know we're up against it a little bit, the revolving door of who is the GOAT. Like, I, I get it. We all want to discuss greatest of all time. Yeah. People will say that after a dude has a 50-point game that's yeah. not a top 40 player <laughs> in NBA history. He's the GOAT! It's like, stop. stop. Why do we change the GO- The GOAT needs to be reserved for, like, three people can be in the discussion of GOAT. It is not a revolving door for multiple players in the NBA or NFL <laughs> at any given time.
3: It's the greatest singular... Of all time. It's not very good today. It's very you know? strange. It's very
5: strange. That and no one believed in us when you, you're you the defending champs are two of the dumbest things in sports,
4: and they're both rampant right now. No one believed this, except for literally everyone in the world of college football. All right, that'll do it for the Pac-12 Jamboree. We come back. Uh, yeah, let's get into in the news. Here, though, is Buck with Center. This is the under armor all American bowl. There's a man, uh, is, he, is this a USC commit? Yeah, 97 yard punt return in the game. Yeah, he, he has a he has a boom box, he has an under armor boom box, he has a championship belt. A giant Flavor Flav chain, and then uh, some sort of strange glasses that he's put on. And he's the Phantom uh, MVP, whatever the hell that means. Did he win King of the World? No, no, no. Phantom
5: MVP from Phantom, ex- an exhibition All-Star Game. What exactly is the Phantom MVP? That's, that's the team. They're the Phantom. They're the Phantom? I should have just made... God, you just tossed me a soft one. I could have been like, oh, Phantom MVP. It's the guy who's the quietest... <laughs> Under the radar
4: MVP of this game. I I will say this for the eight millionth time. I fully understand recruiting. I understand that it is the lifeblood of a program, and you have. If you are not a good recruiter, you will not win in today's uh, world of college football. There is nothing that I find more bizarre that turns me off more that I just. I just don't. I can't. As an old white man, <laughs> I cannot comprehend. I, dude, I'm having a is, hard time with it. is recruiting. I'm having a hard time with it. I I'm having
5: a hard time with interviewing kids for a year straight. And I'll say, and if you pay attention to the way I talk about it, because you can't say this kid wants money. Yeah. But if you hear me say, this is going to be a really difficult commitment to predict all the way. It means I don't he, care it, it means whether he commits. He wants money. It means he's, even if he commits, yeah. it means he's going to leverage that commitment yeah. for money late. Or even though this kid is committed and says he's committed, don't take his word for it. We will see. There's a lot of balls in the air. Anything like that yeah. that I say, what I'm telling you is not like I'm not sure. Yeah.
4: I'm straight up telling <laughs> you this dude has asked for money. And I don't have, by the way. I've, for years, I have been saying, "Hey, dude, whatever you can get, dude, take it." I have zero problem with kids taking money. I just wish, like you said, I wish we could be above board with it. I like re- it's it's all legal now, basically. So it, it drives me crazy that we pretend that that getting cash isn't the driving factor. And not every one of these, but the vast majority of these decisions are driven by how much money can you? Twenty four seven Sports wrote an article that's like recruits get real
5: about NIL yeah. today. Yeah, today it was a big story in in my world. Yeah. And one of the guys they interviewed is Ruben Owens, who's committed to Louisville. Now, I'm telling you, I'm not I'm not debating this. I'm telling you, Louisville's one of the known new players in the NILR. Yeah. They've got some big commitments that they didn't normally get, sure. including Ruben Owens, who's the number one running back in America. Okay? Big deal. He flips to Texas A&M, who we all know is also paying players. Yeah. The rumor was that he got $2 million initially. His first quote in that story is, I wish I would have got $2 million. His last quote in that story, it might have been second to last quote, is, oh yeah, I got seven figures to go to Texas A&M. <laughs> and people were saying, the point of the article was NIL doesn't matter. Yeah. And I here's where it does it, And then we'll move on because we've got other stuff to do. But it, you can be in a group of schools that's in the top six or seven. Sure. And you get there independently. They like your school. They like your coaches, yeah. whatever. Yeah. You're in the finals. I'll, I'll go to any of these five schools. Yeah. Okay. Now who wants to pay me? You and you can say, it doesn't matter. It really does. Like There have been a number of cases where a school, this, this recruiting cycle, this happened this year. A guy in the morning was supposed to announce his commitment later that day. And he says, hey, I'm choosing from these five schools. And then by the time he commits in the afternoon, he committed to a school that wasn't in his final five. He didn't have a change of heart. Yeah. He got a bunch of money. <laughs> like let's, and I don't get why we can't say that. Cause yeah. it's legal and it's totally okay. Get your bag. I have no problem with it. But it's very weird the way we cover it. And 24-7 and on three want to do this thing where they're like, well, it's not that big a deal. And in the same story, the kid's like, I get seven figures for
4: going to Texas A&M. Okay, well, then it obviously factored in a little bit. And I, I, just love now. Like kids are. I remember a couple years ago, a kid from BYU like did a helicopter. Like he rode in on a helicopter. You got kids now that are making movies. They're like they're they've got like actors involved. Some kid like uh, recreated the movie Friday uh, as so poorly. It that was script made no. It was one of the more awkward all. things. This kid here, like I said, he's he's got a boombox. Like he, he's uh, the ski goggles. Yeah, the ski goggles on. There's a Flavor belt. Flames. There's a belt involved. I'm like, did There was what a is kid, happening?
3: A couple years ago, a kid did like a shot-for-shot shot remake of the opening scene of Goodfellas, where he's walking through the restaurant, <laughs> saying hello to everybody, <laughs> and it's like, but all the people in it are like his uncle and his buddy and his brother, and like they're all, like, hey, how you doing? How you doing? And it's that like is. this lineman dude who's like a three star.
5: I guy. was at I was at an all-star event. One of the weirdest things I've ever seen. And I was I was watching it with Elijah Molden, whose dad, league yeah. and four star recruit Alex, Morgan,
4: or Alex Molden. or now in the NFL. Yeah.
5: So I was standing next to him, and all of a sudden, this like maroon—I think it was a Lamborghini or Corvette—drives onto the field. We're we're at an event, like, <laughs> and the kid jumps out and has a Florida State flag and starts running through the field. And it's he's announcing his commitment. He's yeah. at like an All American practice. At, yeah. He was at the uh, the opening yeah. in Beaverton. And I looked at Elijah Molden, and I was like, what would your dad say if you did that? And he shook his head. And he goes, no, nope. <laughs> like, it just wouldn't happen to me. And it's just insane. And it's gone off the rails even more than than when that happened. And that was crazy.
4: I said, man. Bless their heart. Again, I'm just an old white guy probably yelling at the clouds. But I just – I understand why, why you can do it. Have as much fun with it. Get the money uh, while you can. I just – it's, it's getting harder and harder for me to relate to any of what is going on. All right, uh, we're way over. Let's squeeze it in right now. It is, uh, what is it? Is they the, uh, what, January 3rd in the year of our Lord, 2023. It is time for In the News. I am your noted news contributor, sitting in for your noted news, man. Hopefully back tomorrow. Rumor has that Rob is going to be able to get on a plane tonight from Kansas, so fingers crossed he'll be back tomorrow. Supposed to be uh, back today, but uh, weather uh, has put a little uh, monkey wrench in his travel plans. It is National Chocolate Cherry Day, which, I don't know about you, but chocolate cherries... eh, And it is National Drinking Straw Day, and the only reason I find that relevant is because, let me just say for the record, I get saving the environment. I'm all for saving the planet. But the paper drinking straw can seriously go straight to hell.
3: Yeah, go take a short walk off, or a long walk off a short pier.
4: Straight to hell. Well, they have not perfected it, that's for sure. I... Absolutely hate that freaking paper straw.
3: And I think Nemec's onto something. I think they'll figure it out, but right now the structural integrity is trash. Drives it gets
4: gets real soggy real real fast. Yeah, it's like a bowl of Captain Crunch. Like you pour some milk on it, you have about nine seconds to enjoy it, and then it just turns into a soggy mess. Then you have to raw dog your soda. I do not like a soggy stick in my mouth. No, it is right out. You need something hard and firm. Mm. That's what you need. That's what I prefer. Yes. I like. Uh, I like to know that. Never. Mind. <laughs> we'll just move on. I did see this one. I'll, I'll squeeze this in before the break. Uh, you know, the new i five bridge that eventually is uh, is coming to replace the you know ridiculous bridge that we have to raise now, and it's basically two lanes. That thing has been estimated to the tune of roughly five billion dollars, which is quite expensive. I was reading an article <laughs> just the other day that. Thanks and, for the caveat. And this is the beauty part. Uh, and nowhere in the article did they describe why the cost has gone up. But they're saying that now that bridge, when it is built, will cost $7.5 billion, <sighs> making it, even with inflation, arguably the most expensive infrastructure project in the history of our United States. You'd think there'd be more expensive projects? Right? I want. I would like to know. How much was Bum bon Voyage? That's, I, I <laughs> Can wanted, we scrape off? Yeah, like a tenth of I, that a, for bambayage? I want to know how you miscalculate by two and a half billion dollars. Are the same people as the Russian government that did the Sochi Olympics? Are they the ones in charge of the bridge project? Like, hey, I think I can hey. bring this in for five, and then like a year later, they're like, yeah, you know what? Sorry, this is going to be sep- seven point five. Hey billion- FIFA, <laughs> hey FIFA. There's no World Cup <laughs> for four years. Can you jump on this bridge project? <laughs> I mean I'll, i want the new bridge, but seven point five billion dollars. You're telling me
3: you could build like seven Jerry Worlds and not get that one bridge done? Yes. I mean that's what we're talking about.
4: Seven point five billion dollars. Okay, I it think It blows my mind that we in in like a decade we could be staring at the most expensive the most expensive infrastructure project ever. And that's the right way to say it. It's not that we'll be using it then. We'll be staring at it. Staring at it. <laughs> okay. Hey, yeah, look at that over there! Every time I drive over that, I think I'm going to be like, "Hey, seven and a half billion dollars, seven and a half billion that thing cost." And then I'll be bitching about it because the traffic. It will should still be at least on. wash your car as you go through something. There's got to be something. There's to it. be something. Like I, like every time I drive across it, like it gives me five bucks as opposed to what they're going to do is which I'll have to pay. It's going to cost seven and a half billion, and I'm going to have to pay seven dollars every time I cross oh, it on a toll. Without a doubt. It's ridiculous. Uh, all right, we come back. Uh, let's see what else we got in the news. We've got a couple others, including an update on the uh, Idaho murders, uh, which have. I, I lived less than two blocks from that house, Ooh. and I lived with four Idaho students. We have an update on that when we come back in the news. I like this what we got going on here a little bit. Got a little crooning going on here. Never let's talk murder. Yeah, now that we're all feeling good after this, let's talk murder. This is my wheelhouse, too. Well, yeah. Niners ter- and murder. This is going to be a really good next hour. Well, you know, there was an arrest uh, over the weekend, last weekend. Um, they made an arrest of a uh, of a man in Pennsylvania. I believe it was uh, Brian Christopher Kohlberger. I believe it's how you pronounce his name. You have to have three names because, well, he's a serial killer. And he was a grad student. He's a PhD in criminology. He's not a
5: serial killer. He's nope. a
4: spree killer. Spree killer. Oh. Serial killer has to be multiple kills sent sent with similar signatures
5: within a you know spaced out period of time. A spree killer is one multiple victims in one. But if
3: we find out he's done something like this before, then he could be serial, right?
4: Um, potentially.
3: Basically, what we've learned about this
4: is that you know way too much about serial killers. You're fascinated by them. And apparently you lived like a block away from the murder house it in Idaho. like two,
5: about two and a half blocks. Yeah. When I covered Washington State. Suspect anybody? I could easily walk to that house. I mean, it's like two and a half blocks. And their turn off the main road to go into their neighborhood was the same turn that I would take to go into my neighborhood. Oh. And I lived with four Idaho students. Really? They were, they were uh, doctorate students. And the first day that I, second day, second night, I was in my in my room. I had new roommates. So first wave came through. They finished their school. I was there 18 months. So the next year, a new wave came through. The first day I met at one of the roommates, who was a doctoral student, um, I was sitting on the couch. He walked in. This really happened. I mean, like two and a half blocks from that house. He walked in covered in blood, like covered in blood. And I'd never met. And was like, what in the world? And he's like, I took my shoes off. And I'm like, okay. He's like, I'm going to go shower, and then I'll say hi. And he's like, it's not what you think. And I'm like, all right. Like, yeah, do, you, do I need to run? Yeah. So about a half hour later, he comes out and said, I went hunting, and we got a deer. And it was hunting season, so he had gutted the deer in the field and then come back, and but he had blood all over him. So the similarities, while clearly not as dire yeah uh there's some similarities here and it did freak me out yeah that is a little spooky and people who knew where i lived in idaho like my circle of people that i i knew from idaho were like dude isn't that murder house like right next to your house and did you live with four students from idaho
4: it's and like, one of them was like covered in blood
3: yes and you yes seem that's to know, my story. and you
4: seem to know a lot about serial killers where were you last month well you have been in and out awful uh, an awful lot. i haven't lately. had a
5: recruiting show in like two months
4: a lot of people think there may be an accomplice to this. Supposedly, oh, the killer right. at, supposedly the killer did ask when arrested if other people had been arrested as well. Hmm. You seem to know the area and an awful lot about it. I do. It's right by an A and W restaurant and the gas station. Well, you know what? There's nothing wrong with the A and right there. I miss it. Is there an A and W around here? I could go for a root beer float. It's usually there, mixed with KFC. I was going
3: to say uh, it's a joint. Beaverton adventure. Hillsdale Highway. There, there is an A and W KFC near near where I live.
4: I, I never. It s- doesn't slap the way it used to. No. Be. The root, the end. Well, I don't get anything at an A and W other than a root, a root beer, beer float. float. In fact, if I went there, I think I'd get some chicken and a root beer float. Now, can I just say why why
5: root beer float when
4: you can Blizzard? Yeah, look, I understand where you're coming from, but allow me to top spin lob this back into your end of the court. The Blizzard certainly is the superior treat. Don't get me wrong, great, right. because it's you're dealing with the definition of a frozen treat. But the the root beer float is uh, it's it's more of a drink. You don't drink the Blizzard. You eat the Blizzard. You drink the root beer float. So what about a frozen strawberry lemonade from Chick Fil A? Because those are those are delightful. That's the same sort of thing. Yes. So you are talking about two different. You're you talking can about drink two... a frozen strawberry lemonade. Yes, but uh, so you yes. can't
3: really drink a Blizzard. You can't drink point. a Blizzard.
4: Their right. whole point is they tip it upside down for you to show you that you right. can't drink it. And all
5: I'm saying is I volleyed it back at you now. Where what's the point of a root beer float when now we have frozen strawberry lemonade?
4: Well, but that by definition, sometimes you need variety. Like, sometimes you need a little On a very hot day, you could convince me that a root beer float, especially no one that's nice and no melty, way. and you get that true mix, you can convince me that's a more refreshing treat than a Dairy Queen Blizzard.
5: Buck, are you in on this? This root beer float thing? It's heavy. It's it, heavy and creamy and
3: no. No. Uh, see, I, I that's where I disagree. I think because of the beverage-y nature of it. I think the fact that there's so much liquid with the root beer... It ends up making it a little bit more refreshed. Like it's not like you're drinking. Uh, it's not like you're drinking a milkshake to me. I'm going to go this route. If I exactly. it, it's, it's a lighter. hot summer it's, day, it's lighter.
5: If I'm a hot summer day guy and I'm, I'm living that life, I'm stopping at Seven Eleven and getting a Gatorade. If I want a sweet treat, I'm going to Dairy Queen and getting a Blizzard.
4: Here's the difference.
5: And I, and I don't think I need a drink with my ice cream. It, I just don't feel I need that. Here's the difference. Unless I want a milkshake, you
4: can get a meal and have the uh, the root beer float be your drink. You can't get a meal without a drink and get a blizzard. Your meal will be incomplete. I believe they do allow you to add on a blizzard for like $3. Yes, but if you got a burger, fries and blizzard, that is a completely that is that's an incomplete meal. You're a former you, offensive lineman. You need a tasty beverage to wash you down can eat all that. your burger. Ah, I see what you're saying. You need it to wash it down. Okay. And that's where the root beer float. It it fits
3: it. It's a niche. Because you get just enough liquid to be able to do that. I
5: would say there's like 0.7% of the time that I want a refreshing beverage or an ice cream treat the root beer float would even sound like an option to me. 0.7. And I think that's that's about right. I think that's generous even. Yeah, I never really have a craving for a root beer float. I do right now. And that's why A&W is only a joint venture with KFC yeah. <laughs> yeah. and not its own stand you can find everywhere.
4: The only one I ever see is like when you're on your way down to Bend, you're like, what is it? Madras. I think you're passing through. There's an AW KFC that I've stopped at a time or two. And I get myself like a three piece. And a cheese curd. And an a and an A&W root beer and it's, <laughs> it's tasty. The whole point of this is that Nemec may be a suspect in the Idaho killings. but Do you like the, how I pivoted away from that so well? Yeah, main, I don't know how he got
3: off track so quickly. Good you're job, welcome. Nemec.
4: The main suspect has been arrested, Brian Christopher Koberger. Uh, he was arrested in Pennsylvania, and today he did officially appear in court, and he waived his right uh, to fight extradition. So he is on his way back now this week to Idaho, and once he... We don't know anything. The police haven't said anything about any evidence they have, but I guess... Due to Idaho state law, they can't until he's in the state. So once he's in the state and he faces the charges, then uh, the district attorney will have to present their case. So hopefully, here within the next you know few days, we will know a little bit more exactly what they have on him. He does have a public defender, and the public defender has said that he has not admitted guilt or innocence, but he does say that uh, that Brian here believes that he will be exonerated for whatever that's. Worth. Yeah, I bet he does. Yeah. And if you've looked into any of his stuff, he he's a bit of a strange bird. He was very, very, very much into the criminal mind and the thought process that goes into um, committing these and sorts not, of horrific not claims. not studying
5: criminal. Like, I'm interested in criminals and, and that kind of thing and, and serial killers and stuff. He was interested in like asking killers yes. and asking criminals they felt how like. do you get yeah. away?
4: Yeah. How does it feel to kill someone? Yeah. Bad that stuff. kind of stuff. Not a great dude, criminology major. No. So hopefully they got the right guy, and we'll find out some more information uh, here in the next few days as he is on his way back to face charges in Idaho. All right, that will do it for the news. We come back the hot five at five. You got prime time here on the fan. You're okay. Picture this: it's Friday afternoon
0: when a thought hits you.